Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is episode 240, and I'm so excited for two big reasons. Number one, Michael Bartlett is back with us again. Yay. Thank you. Hello, Michael. I love your new background. Gorgeous. <laughs> Yay, core Michael. So if you don't know Michael Bartlett, um, what are you, crazy? You don't know? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm actually... He is a metaphysical, master metaphysical astrologer joining us from Santa Fe, um, it, the author of two books, Astrological Mavericks, and as you see in the background there, that adorable background, yeah, that is from his book, Astro Theater, a <laughs> uh, great little, and I can't find the damn paperback, I'm looking all over, <laughs> disappeared, Saturns and Pisces, things disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, great stuff that we'll be talking more about later, but anyway, uh, Michael is in his second, he told me he's in his second Saturn return, and so we're going to be talking about Saturn in Pisces, and we're going to give you the, the full download, what it means, the Saturn return, uh, what the history of Saturn in the last two cycles of Saturn and Pisces, and what that has brought us in the collective, so what we can use from the past, the lessons, and where our awareness is being asked to be directed to. Uh, we're also going to talk about in our personal lives what this looks like and how we can best harness it, especially Saturn for creatives. And even if you think you're not creative, you are creative. You're on this planet. You're creative. That's all I have to say. <laughs> anyway, and the final thing is we're going to take you, Michael, will take us through um, Saturn and Pisces through all 12 zodiac signs. So buckle in for a fabulous ride. We are roaring and ready to go. The other thing I want to say is, oh my God, Michael, we're finally, we're at, today is zero Pisces. This is being recorded. Oh my God, we're finally, Saturn is out of its domicile. Don't you feel good? I mean, how do you feel? Out of both of its domiciles, right? Because before Aquarius, which is, you know, Aquarius is a tradition, Saturn is a traditional ruler of Aquarius. It was in Capricorn, which is the ruler of, of Saturn's a ruler of Capricorn. So it's like, you know, we've been really been in this long cycle of, carry water right you know and doing things better for the collective and now it's like oh how wonderful we get to be in the transcendental sea of pisces the the edges aren't so sharp the um mm. the ideas are more um nuanced i think that's the word that's been coming to me a lot lately is the nuances because when i think of when everything of the pisces things it's like walking through a fog or you know having grown up in california and you're there in florida near the water um the the sea otters that have the kelp that they wrap around their bellies while they're eating the, while they're breaking open the oyster shells and they're you know having that wonderful support from the bottom of the ocean but they're in flow with the water at the same uh -huh. time you know in saturn it's an oxymoron saturn and pisces because saturn is structure and form and time and pisces doesn't give anything about that <laughs> i know what you're gonna say right? i know it's like i can't you know gotta be careful with the expertise of course but i mean it's also kind of like it's that land also sandcastles on the beach yeah right well how do, you, how do you build a, a sandcastle on the bottom of the ocean floor welcome to saturn and pisces i don't know well let's go find out we'll right. join with the whales and the mermaids and we're just gonna we're gonna figure it out or not and that's the creative part because when you think about it, like what when you go into the ocean what there's every single you know we all come from the sea we're you know everything on the planet is thankful for the water that exists on the planet you know it's almost like when i think of form you know the form of saturn and in the water of um 
um, of Pisces, you know, we're in soul beings, right? The idea of, you know, the way that we're in an ancient wisdom. Ancient, we are. Very ancient. Astrology. I mean, you know, that aspect of astrology that once we, you know, sat, what's wonderful, nice about Saturn having gone through Capricorn and Aquarius is having done that work and then stepping into Pisces and owning the wisdom of that work that's been integrated, that's been that's been blended with our daily life. So it isn't out of hubris, you know, that can come out of the beginning of Capricorn. It's not out of the sense of um, the exclusionary aspect that comes in sometimes with Aquarius, but more like, okay, how do we create forms that support everyone? Right. You know, what are the things that make us, you know, one of the things I've been thinking, like in my March forecast, I talked about, you know, we're going to look back on this month, you know, this, this is going to be like BM and AM and BM before March and after March, you know, the, because yes. it'll be so different. There's going to be something that's going to show us that we're, that we're, we have more in common as humans, right? With now that Saturn, which rules Capricorn and, and Aquarius, Pi, uh, Pluto's going into Aquarius. So that Saturn's ruling that Pluto ostensibly going right. into Aquarius when it happens on the 23rd. So there's this very, you know, it's these, it's the rules and the not the rules. It's, you know, learning how to draw, you know, and using a coloring book. And then when you realize like, oh, you know, I want to make my own lines. I want to paint beyond the lines that they have in there because Saturn is also about our authorship, all right? Our authority. How do we fit into the greater whole? And in this, and, and I don't, it's just saw like, sorry, it's like so many downloads, you know, this is my no, second, okay. yeah. but like, you know, no. that wonderful, the Course in Miracles, you know, the ego that thinks it is the separate drop of water within the ocean. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Saturn and Pisces where you realize, no, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> I love That's it. Not. So, um, for people who are in a Saturn and Pisces, if you're 27 to 29 years old or about 57 to 59, you're going through your first Saturn return, which would be in Pisces, and the second Saturn return, 57 to 59. And if you are 87 to 89-ish listening to this, uh, you are entering your third Saturn return. From That was Saturn was in Pisces in the, the mid-1930s. So, wow, yeah, a lot of... Uh, legacy building there <laughs> with with that um i also want to just just lay a little fountain <laughs> saturn pisces i'm gonna try to lay a foundation uh, <laughs> we're gonna just give some facts up front here to so get us rolling um uh, we're, we're already on the train michael thank you um march 7th today march is march 7th 2023 to may 24th 2025 is going to be saturn and pisces and then it'll come back a little retrograde I mean, sorry, it'll go in um, into um, Aries and it'll be back in uh, Pisces August 31st, 2025 to February 13th, 2026. So it's, a, it's almost three years. Um, in history, where, where was the last Saturn in Pisces cycle? It was uh, Jan uh, May 93 to um, the end of um it was a briefly May May ninety three to the end of June ninety three, and then the uh, bulwark of it was January twenty eighth ninety four to April seventh nineteen ninety six, and uh, before that was um, uh, I remember, I remember this I was just a kid, but it was uh, March of sixty four to March of sixty seven. So it was those three years uh, where Saturn was in Pisces. 
Um, so, you know, obviously this is speaking to, you know, is many things. When I think back in history, I mean, my goodness, you know, in the 60s, that was when we had the escalation of the Vietnam War, Jupiter as domicile ruler of Saturn and Pisces, Jupiter, the military, the escalation of war, the, the hard, the cold, scary, hard facts about, uh, you know, the sacrifice that, that you know, kids were being shipped off to die in Vietnam and, and the questioning of that reality, right? The, the reality check, uh, sacrifice, it speaks to that reality, chemical warfare, you know, Pisces rules chemicals and things. And so there was, you know, Agent Orange and um, there were obviously, um, you know, and, and, and so, that, you know, very you know, sad things, um, but on a, turning the diamond here, you know, to the, another piece of that, at that same time, we were looking at the dissolution of the church, you know, Vatican II, we had Vatican II reforms, we had uh, the Beatles, you know, the Beatles and the Vatican and Vatican II were like side by side, facets of Saturn and Pisces. Um, I remember we would go to mass and, and, the, and the priest would just recite in Latin and then we got rid of the Latin mass. Uh, big reforms. And, um, and then here's the Beatles, the greatest Beatles albums, you know, Hard Day's Night and um, Help and uh, of course, ending Revolver, ending in Sgt. Pepper. Those were all, uh, Sgt. Pepper was actually recorded 29 degrees of Pisces, the final degree of Pisces. So this complete expansion into um, long form music, psychedelic music, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, you know, LSD, all of that, the mysticism, the deep, deep mystical elements uh, that really changed the uh, the musical landscape where we had, you know, pop music and Elvis and pop and 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 uh, Chubby Checker in the 50s. And then there was this, here's this paradigm shift into this otherworldly uh, place. So, um, God is dead. Remember when that came, God is dead. When New York Times and Newsweek, is God dead? It was on the front cover of Newsweek in 1966. Everything became more secular. People were questioning re religion and morality and reality. And yeah, that's what I remember from the Saturn. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing I remember too, especially when we the mid 60s was the Pluto, Chiron, Pluto Uranus that was opposing for many of us. I Fortunately, mine's like 12 degrees away. I'm very thankful for that, but I've got Chiron dead on opposite Pluto Uranus. But that was the other thing is, you know, and then here we are dealing with still yet another relationship with that Pluto and Saturn going on, right? Yep. So, yep, you know, yep. this ongoing thing. And also, I think for those of us born in the mid 60s, you know, that would that began to be the era of, of people kind of, um, what was it, tu tune in, tune out? Yes. What yes. his thing it was, was you know, but yeah, yeah, Timothy Leary, that. and you know that was psychedelic, but also this thing of like, hey, you know, we're all kind of buying into this system that isn't necessarily feeding our individual soul, right? You know that fifth, that nineteen fifties style that still that was still kind of holding on for dear life in the sixties. That you know, actually, we still see some remnants of it, but that kind of you know gonna you know i'm gonna i'm gonna wear my shirt and my shirt and tie and my jacket the women woman always wore a wore a dress or a skirt they never wore slacks you know there was that you know certain class of women who you know if you wore slacks that you know you kind of lost your ladyhood in a sense you know but it's like you know not wearing a bra for crying out loud the right. equal rights amendment which now is finally coming around for you know which we thought was you know many of us thought was actually completed here in the united states but women still don't have the same rights as men constitutionally 
Yeah. Then we see that Iran, Afghanistan. Yeah. And then here, you know, it's very obvious in, in certain countries, but yeah. Yeah. Even What's going here. on with the Taliban, you know, and, and, you know, my heart, like what happened, you know, in Afghanistan. And then you see, you know, when we were pulling out and to think of all those women who were given the breath of, of freedom, you know, the idea of freedom, when you get that shown to you and then you're shackled again, um, I don't think one can stay back in, in history for so long, you know, and that's, you know, kind of like the set, you know, with Pluto and Aquarius and Saturn and Pisces, there's something that really transcendentally has to happen because it isn't about any one person, right? We're not in the land of Leo. We're not in the land of Aries. <laughs> it's not about any one of us. It's about this greater, you know, it's about, it's about our oceans, about, it's about mother earth. You know, it's like, how, how do we be in relationship with ourselves and with other and all that is in a way that it's win-win all the way across the board. Yeah. Really powerful. And the song, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I think of Sergeant Pepper's, I mean, yeah, Sergeant Pepper, the one song in there, She's Leaving Home. You know, like, as it, when I first heard that song, She's Leaving, you know, she's, you know, steps out the door and she, you know, because it's this thing where, you know, in the 60s was this beginning of where the kids were having an experience that their parents did not understand. Right. Right. Before yeah, they used to that, call it the generation gap. Talk about Saturn and Pisces, you know, like Saturn being about legacies and lineages and generations. And I remember that's where, did you know that the the, the Gap stores, you know, the, the department stores, the Gap, I don't know if you remember this, but in the, in the 70s or was it 60s when they came out and it was called the generation gap. And then they shortened it to just the Gap. I don't know if anybody knows that, oh, but I, I, I didn't, didn't realize that. That's so cool. The, yeah the generation gap was yeah. that that's totally saturn and pisces this interruption of you know you had wally cleaver and leave it to beaver in the early 60s and then all of a sudden that all fell apart you know we uh and then and then you know here come the beatles and and the, the screaming memes you know so i can still remember kennedy airport i can remember i was really really young but i remember in the newspapers when they had the Beatles came to America and um, it was actually at like 20, that trip was 29 Aquarius, right? So wow. it just, right? And that, these women were clawing. They Those days they didn't have the the, the little tunnels onto the aircraft. It was just the airfield, they, right? They emerged onto the airfield. And these women, these girls were standing there with their hands in the chain link fence screaming. And my mother got on the phone with my Aunt Claire and she's like, what are these, these girls? They're crazy. There's, there's a generation gap, right? What are they doing? And when they came back, um, and they they did, of course, that year they came back to the states and they started doing these sold out sold out concerts. Saturn was fully into Pisces, and uh, yeah, the the lid was off, and yeah, yeah, it was it's pretty amazing. Um, but it's yeah, the generation thing. gap. Yeah, and I think it's just that thing of us us finding ourselves right and finding that those deeper connections and not and realizing because I think Saturn and Pisces teaches us that this physical form isn't all there is, you know. So it's about our meditational practices. I know I know spirit is a huge part of your life. I know it is a huge part of my life. I couldn't can't imagine, you know, not seeing life running through some sort of a divine filter. You know, and that's that's the purview of of Pisces, you know, and, and especially when Saturn gets in there, it's like being able to hold one's own. And what I like about the idea, I mean, I've done my fair amount of um, like ayahuasca and acid and 
mushrooms and things. And, and for me, it was always this aspect of, am I able to maintain the connection with myself regardless of what chemicals are going through my system? Mm. And there was one that was particular. There's one that's, I think it's, I forget what it's called. It's like a, a series of numbers and letters. And I guess it's the chemical that's like the toad skin, the secretion from the toad skin. Okay. I don't ever want to do that one again. I have to admit, I mean, it was so, I, I really felt like I could have actually had a psychotic break and not have come back. And, but I also saw Kuan Yin and Buddha. I forgave my ancestors. I mean, that's also along these lines as well. Mm. And I don't know if you know this, but, um, Groff, the, um, the psychiatrist, yeah, Stanislav Groff, who did the work, you know, with all the, when they went back and they looked at why people had particular journeys the way they did, they finally figured it out. And I'm getting, I still get goosebumps when I think about this. It was their astrological transits. Wow. Yeah. So whatever astrological transit you're going on. So, so what that is, for those of you out there who aren't familiar with transits, like where the planets are currently in the sky and how they're affecting your personal planets makes you have certain experiences. When you're taking hallucinogenics, mood altering substances, you will be presented with almost pure archetypal representations of those transits that are going on. Oh, that's brilliant. I got to get my editing chops down so I can make that into a little YouTube short. Uh, I mean, it's so, I mean, it's so huge. Like when I first heard it, I was like, oh my God, that, cause I would always remember like doing these journeys and be like, well, why was this one this way? Why was this one that way? And I remember my first acid journey. Like I remember looking at this image and it would, would, you know how you look at something and it morphs? Well, you might not, I'm, I'm not, I'm assuming, but it, it kind of morphs for you and it would, it, it got angry. And I was like, okay, now I want you to be happy. And it morphed into something happy. And like, okay, I will be fine in this space. And that's Saturn and Pisces, right? It's like learning, you know, it's not, you know, when we're young and we learn the spiritual past, it's all this thing about protecting ourselves. Oh, I've got to put this aura light around me. I've got to send out this light or anything. But what my thing is now that I really realize what we have to do is we have to radiate our light so strongly that those things don't come towards us. Mm, we're not yeah. protecting ourselves. We just radiate our light. Our yeah, that's a higher level. That's another level of understanding, like a different plane of engagement. <laughs> of reality yeah and it's not fear-based because the idea of anything where you're doing protection implies that there's something out there that can attack you that, and that, i'm not that saying that it can't and i'm not saying that you know that i'm omnipresent and i do this and therefore nothing will ever happen to me i'm a human being i'm in physical form i'm still here for lessons <laughs> right. we all are because it's karma that's the other thing right saturn and pisces are like the ultimate karma it's the akashic records I mean, there's just so much in this whole area. Yeah, <laughs> it is the Akashic Records. It, it, it's very, yeah. That that could be a whole nother podcast. We could just talk about Saturn. Oh my gosh. Ah, and the Akashic. All right, Saturn's about commitment. Oh yeah, all right, let's let's commit. All right, Saturn and Pisces and the Akashic Records. I love it. Yeah, we definitely want to get mystical with that. But let, so just... Um, giving my little Saturnian thing, just steering us back to today's talk. Um, we, um, yeah, I want to come back to that when you said, what, I'd like to just maybe address here the shadow side of Saturn and Pisces, what to look out for. And you had mentioned earlier about, was it Timothy Leary that said, tune in and tune out. I, and I remember that another line from the 60s, people used to say, you know, when, when they take mind altering drugs and things, some people uh, went out and never came back. 
So that could also be, you know, that that's a Saturn and Pisces thing. That's that can be a shadow of, you know, uh, you you we lose ourselves so much. I mean, obviously, drugs, drug addiction, um, any kind of addiction, you know, where there's that loss uh -huh. of of the saving same. people right being being i mean because we got to remember too is sat you know pisces virgo is the service access i mean saturn and pisces like i don't know about i don't know how for you but it, like i would always, I, i've been a cfo for the uh, homeless shelter here in santa fe for years um and before that i would always have people who would just automatically come up to me i mean it's like because there's this thing of like wanting to help people who are, are in need yeah but Saturn and Pisces has to learn to teach people to fish, not to give people fish. Right. Teach them to fish. Not Empower to people. It's about empowering people so that, you know, it's it's the hundredth monkey. Yeah. And I think about with, you know, like there are limits to, um, you know, like doing the mind altering plant medicine, ayahuasca. You know, there's been such a huge explosion of that consciousness and awareness in um in the last, you know, decade or so. And yet there is, even with that, as much as that tears the veils off to where, you know, one sees themselves in, in that, but also astrological transits, like you mentioned, but there, and like you were just saying, it does come back to, it's being able to hold that knowledge, not having to use, the, the chemical thing will only take you so far. And then, you know, there is that part where you have to, you know, integrate that for yourself free of that. I remember Eckhart Tolle talking about this, um, that, um, you know, he he said that um, somebody asked him, Eckhart, did you ever do acid? And I think he, he said, yes, he did it once. And he said he wasn't really that impressed with it because he's like, you know, it, it's kind of like a hijacking using, you know, chemicals to hijack one's consciousness. And, and yes, it provides these openings and all. But he said, you can do that. You can get there. He felt it was very harsh. And so here's Saturn and Pisces, the softness of this uh, embracing this other levels of reality. He felt it was harsh and that you can get there by being fully present in the now, uh, you know, using breath. I mean, there there are accesses that are soft. I'm not making any judgment in any way right, whatsoever. Exactly. I'm just. But those, know, those people who don't want to know, and I, I agree with him. And he actually like in human design, you know, which is basically kind of a, a nice interesting derivative of astrology well actually a part it uses astrology i'll put it that way um there are things called gates and he has what's called the now gate which is something that i have as well and so his you know he understands that in the moment i mean that's the other thing saturn and pisces it understands there's something about the moment the power of this moment you know there's the now like when people tell you like oh well i want to change or i want to do this it's like all right here's your moment it is only now. Yeah. All right. Here's your moment. What are you going to do with it? It's like, oh, I'm going to have another drink. Well, then you're really not going to seize your moment, you know? <laughs> it's yeah, it's like now. our dependencies and our, you know, these things that, you know, we can get lost in. We can, you know, Saturn and Pisces can also be this thing where we think we have a good intention and then life has a way of teaching us something different. One of the things that, that's come forward for me for a lot with a lot of the people who come and see me are, are healers themselves. And I'll say, you know, we have to honor our sensitivity, Saturn and Pisces again. You know, if we don't honor it, then we have to pay the consequences of not being the appropriate gatekeeper. 
Saturn is a gatekeeper. Saturn is that which teach, allows us to say no. And when you can say no, when you're inside the ocean, that's a powerful position. That means you can say no anywhere. I love that. Saying no inside the ocean. Wow. <laughs> yeah, inhale that one and yeah. hold that. So, you know, these are all the these are all koans, right? You know, what's the sound of one hand clapping? You know, if you're in the forest, if you're not in the forest and a tree falls, you know, do you hear it? You know, yeah. does it does it make a sound? You know, these things are like it's not meant to give us that structure that we would want in Aquarius and that we'd really ultimately seek in Capricorn, but it's that thing of like. It's the knowing of it's the knowing of the not knowing and being in relationship with the unknown. Oh, no. That's one of the beautiful things that astrology gives us is this understanding. Like, you know, I don't know and it's gonna be okay. Yes, yes. I know as as um is it's funny i'm just listening to my my dear uh, colleague uh Lindsay at um El Natal Astrology. We went through um uh, Adam Ellenbaugh's school together she was just talking about this uh and I'll bring up here about that it's going to be okay and she mentioned um and I remember hearing this about um uh, the the uh, song let it be with Paul McCartney and how it, everybody always thought it was mother Mary but it was really his own mother whose name was Mary who died when he was only 14 and she came to him in a dream and she said, you know, he had obviously been through a lot of, you know, just drugs and this and that and just a lot of stuff going on in his life. And she came to him in this time and said, it, everything's going to be OK. So, yeah, I don't know if you knew that about it was. I did not. That's such a beautiful. But, but he never wanted to say that at first. He, he just let it he let it be. He just he put it, it out there. And then people there was that freedom of interpretation, you know, because there is no one reality you know, um, to be, um, to find a foundation in the fact that there is more than one reality it might be a Saturn and Pisces thing. So he, he was that embodiment of Saturn and Pisces energy by allowing people to have their own interpretation of it. Cause I know when I was a kid and I heard that song, I was in Catholic school and I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like, wow, Mother Mary, you know, it came to the Beatles, you know, <laughs> it's like, they're not all bad people like the, they were trying to tell us. Um, and so uh, the Pisces is the collective, right? It's the, you know, and so speaking, you know, doing something that where you come from your own authenticity, you know, it, it's very, you know, it's this interest again, it's this interesting koan. It's like, you know, when we do things for ourselves, we're also doing it for the collective. Yeah. You know, we, and in the process of what we're doing here and what we're talking about, you know, we don't know what effect it's going to have on other people who end up hearing this or what it might open up or unlock or what, you know, might connect, you know, make people connect. And it's also like what it's also doing that for us as we're doing this process, you know, this evolutionary. Yeah, like being in service and not having any attachment to uh, like this particular, uh, you know, in the Gita, they talk about that, that the, uh, the no, uh, not being attached to the fruits of one's actions, that we just do our actions and we just put it out there and then whatever happens, happens. Yeah, my, my Saturn's in square to my moon. I have like an early degree Pisces moon and I have a late, you know, 29 degree Scorpio moon. And it's um, it's an out of sign square, but it, so it's water. So it's this thing where it's kind of like even more, a little bit slightly elusive. And um, it's, it's just taught me so much, especially like the subtleties of gaslighting, mm. you know, like, you know the, or the ways in which people give you a compliment, you know, for those of us who have, um, 
you know, certain friends who are are um, a little more acerbic, you know, they they give you a compliment. You're kind of like, mm, was that a compliment or were they trying to tell me something? You know, that kind of thing. And it's and it's normalized because it's like and it's an acceptance part. Right. Because Pisces is also about acceptance is like allowing for people are not going to necessarily get what it is that you're sharing. When we talk into water, we don't know, you know, it might come through really clear. I don't know. Did you watch the Harry Potter series? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There was that one where they were having that, that contest and there's that thing where they, he had to take in the bathtub and we're in the water. And oh, then when right. He water, right. Then it like made, then you could actually hear the word. I mean, I thought that was so, you know, that's Saturn and Pisces too. It's like, you know, do you hear the music? I mean, I'm thinking like when you look, when we look at the chart for, I don't know if you want to bring up the chart for sure. today's ingress. Sure. But, you know, when I look at that, I think, you know, there's a stellium on Pisces. And one of the first things you said is, you know, Mercury's in, you know, is in its debilitation. But I love Pisces. I mean, I love Mercury in Pisces because especially like in the 12th house, whenever I see that in a person's chart, I ask them, do you hear the voices? And I always get a giggle out of my clients when I say that because they, and it might not be, it's not like, you know, the crazy voices, although, you know, technically it could be, you know, I'm not going to rule that out, but it's just like, you know, those things that inform you, whether it's the environment, whether it's animals, whether it's dream state, whether it's you're driving in the car and you're changing the stations and you hear a sentence made out when you change the stations, you look at different billboards, it's telling you a message, but it's related to what you're going through. I mean, there's, there's this level of synchronicity and beauty. Yeah, we can change that. That's probably even better. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say sorry for the USA, but go ahead, keep going. Yeah. I love it. And then the other thing, you know, and then it's Neptune, the ruler, you know, the modern ruler. So I mean, this I look at those four together, and I think that's total Akashic record territory. You know, the form of our history, being able to communicate it, being able to see it, the sun and Neptune, the um, the vastness of it all. You know. This understanding, I don't know if you ever saw the movie, um, what, not What Dreams May Come, um, Defending Your Life by Mel Brooks. And it's so, oh, I remember, yeah, with Meryl Streep. You know, they have this little scene where, you know, well, not little scene, it's all predicated on this thing when they pass away, you know, you go through and you're defending your life, not, not in a, and it's funny because the Al Brooks, who wrote the movie, by the way, takes it as being like, oh, you know, his ego keeps getting hurt. Like, oh, no, no, that wasn't what I was doing. But it's like, it's this idea of fear. You know, how much do we fear and how much does fear limit us from living our lives? When I see all that stuff in Pisces like that, that Saturn now is, is going to go a little bit off the rails, right? That's It's not going to worry about doing anything that it's had to do in those last two signs of Aquarius and Capricorn. And things are probably going to get a little bit messy. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. No, no planet has to live in its domicile forever. There's there's a benefit to that, but then it needs to be in all the signs to, to give us the, we have to give ourselves the full experience. Yeah, and, I, and I, on that note, I totally agree with you. I love Mercury in Pisces. I love when Mercury's retrograde. I think it's fabulous. Now, okay, <laughs> bias, I was born Mercury retrograde, but seriously, I used to freak out and get really angry in my younger years when I hadn't matured about that part of myself 
but I've grown to really embrace it. And I too, I think this is this is for the United States. I've got this chart for Washington. Oh. So it's happening in the 11th house of allies and friends and colleagues and the, the people that we, you know, collectively as a country hang with. But hey, you know what? We don't even have to talk about countries because Saturn in Pisces is all about dissolving you know what what is a country it's it some political map or it's like the country like what country do you belong to on the inner but i i think this is fabulous i think it's fabulous that it's it's not conjunct mercury but it's pretty close and you know mercury's right there in the middle between and and it's in uh combustion you know under the under the beams of the sun so it's just you know you talk about this is such a divine there's an incredible divinity about this particular next three years that that I think we're I know that you and I are here to give people hope and um and to see it in that way because honestly the last few weeks with months reading about chat GPT and Pluto's entrance into uh, imminent uh, ingress into Aquarius it's like really freaky all that AI stuff and people becoming bionic and having these things and uh, you know and 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 it's like we have to and that can really suck us in and and with saturn and pisces we could definitely lose ourselves in in that kind of you know scenario but here um i feel that um this 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 stellium here i mean i don't know if it's con considered exactly a stellium because they're not con you know within three degrees but still they're all co-present and uh and it's jupiter in the traditional you know jupiter being the ruler Neptune modern ruler Jupiter is the ruler here what that means uh I, I just there to me there's a lot of hope here we we have to lean into that um to not be Saturn and Pisces is like not being afraid of the unknown and taking responsibility for um for you know gosh you know it, it's it is weird it's the it, it, we take responsibility. We get serious. It sounds weird, but we're getting serious about compassion and forgiveness and uh, and dissolving boundaries and and having but having that be a good thing. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but <laughs> no. I mean, and hello, that's what this territory is about. And and I see a stellium as anytime there's you know three or more planets in in the same sign. So I mean, I definitely I think this is completely legal, and it, and and I love that it's bookended, you know, with that structure you know, Saturn in the front end and Pisces, I mean, and Neptune on the other, you know, so have absolute structure at the beginning all the way up to that, which isn't. And Mercury as the psychopomp, you know, the only, you know, God who was able to hang out in Mount Olympus with the gods, hang out with the mortals on earth and also visit Hades, aka Pluto down in the underworld. And so, you know, what better way for communicating these, these deeper understandings and seeing things and, you know, and how do how do we accept the fact, you know, that we are all brothers and sisters? How do we see, you know, the ways in which, you know, that we were talking a little bit before we started, you know, you said that there was a thing that came up about Texit and, um, you know, the idea of country lines and state lines is completely Saturn and Pisces. I mean, they're arbitrary lines. I mean, you I mean, sometimes you will actually see like between Portugal and Spain, there's a range of mountains that actually you can go like, OK, I understand why these two countries are separated. But vast majority of places, there really isn't anything other than, OK, we're going to put a line there like you. In fact, you know where the four corners are not far from where I am. They just found out, I think, there's something like they're 150 feet off from what they are. So all these people have been putting their arms into different states all these years. They're all wrong. Sorry, <laughs> sorry to pop your bubble out there for those of you who have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Redo. <laughs> 
But again, Saturn and Pisces, right? We think that's where the line is. We're not sure. It's it's a liminal space. I mean, Pisces, Pisces, Pisces is, you know, like, like even just like finding the words for it, right? You know, it's the ocean. It's like, what are all the things that we came from the ocean? You know, we'll it will end up, you know, people who do the, what is that? Um the Neptune society, you know, where they're, you know, released back into the ocean again. And oh, and right. Like the cremation. The, right. Instead and of esoterically, the ruler of Pisces is Pluto. So here's another way in which we have another thing that's kind of going. So I, I'm just looking at this as being this really transcendental time. And I posted something on Instagram and, and Twitter and a couple other things, but it's this, uh, this wonderful poem about, you know, basically with Saturn and Pisces, you know what, it's time to grow up. It's time to stop acting like a victim. It's time to take responsibility. We yeah. know, we really do know what's going on and we've got to stop acting like, oh, you know, we've got to actually say, hey, you know what? The emperor's not wearing any clothes. Yeah, when you said about, especially that victim thing, it's like, yeah, all that finger pointing, you know, and I'm a victim and this person did that to me and gaslighting and all this crap and it's like okay forgive yourself you have you can't forgive anybody else till you forgive yourself you know but it, it's definitely giving us this um huge opportunity with that with that stellium in pisces yeah i mean I, for okay. an example for me i mean you know I've, I've shared a bit about my chart enough that you know one could you know anyone who's astrologically inclined can say oh you know family life probably wasn't too easy and it's not it wasn't for me and actually this last year i've actually said goodbye to my family and not interacting more and not because i don't love them and don't accept them but that it's not healthy for me to be in relationship with them it's a different we're operating in a different way and i am tired of having my way of being seen as being, you know, not being acceptable, because I know right. the way I'm singing, those of us who are conscious in our families, and I'm not meaning that the rest of our families aren't conscious, and I don't, and it's really hard as an Aquarian not to say these things and not sound like some sort of an elitist, but, <laughs> but there's also the truth of our experiences, and there are many of us, especially those of us born in the mid-60s, where, you know, our parents were of the Leo generation, and they were doing their own thing, and we didn't really get that much of a reflection that we needed to, and so, you know, it's taken us a lot longer, hello, Saturn and Pisces, to gain our inner authority. I'm so excited for the second Saturn return for so many of us, because I'm hoping that we'll start coming forward and sh sharing what we've learned and what we know, because it's an amazing amount of resourcefulness that's gained from having endured these situations in these families, you know, coming out of the generation where, you know, being, you know, being beaten was an understandable aspect of being raised as a child. I mean, that was normative abuse back in the day. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't nice, but, you know, when you looked around, you know, your friends and your cousins also were getting the same thing, but, you know, it doesn't, you know, the, our little souls don't resonate with that very well. Sure. Um, oh, I was going to say something I totally forgot. It just jumped out of me. I was thinking about, oh, I know, uh, when you said about having to say goodbye to your family. Wow, that's that's really big. Um, and that's what you're just heading into your Saturn return now. And there is this division line of saying, wow, with compassion. Well, like you have total compassion. Well, I don't know if I, I don't know that I did it with compassion. 
in my heart, I'm holding it in a compassionate state. I don't think that how I did it was probably the best possible way, but also I have, you know, Pluto's also, I'm an Aquarian sun, Pluto's coming up on my sun. So, you know, there's something radical of who I am that, you know, our family units are like our societal units. They're meant to keep us in a certain form and a certain structure. And when we step out of those structures and those forms, we become a threat to society. You know, when we watch, when we see sometimes, you know, those of us who are here to help make change in the planet, it, it's, it's a very fine line from upsetting the ox cart in a way that encourages people to move along and being thrown in jail. Yeah. And I think we're going to, you know, this, this process, again, this Pluto Saturn thing between Aquarius and Pisces, I think, you know, there's going to be how we're going to be sharing and expressing these things about who we are. It, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, more and more, you know, that, you know, the, the 1%, you know, and also, you know, Black Lives Matters and women, and, you know, like understanding that all of us have a place at the table, you know, it, you know, all of us having endured and experienced childhood and, and having grown on the, on the planet life, we all have scars and it's okay. And we can't let them rule the way in which we need to make this world a better place. Right. Beautiful. I love how you said that. The creator, this will, this will fuel. Can you imagine the potential of this for creatives? We were talking about that earlier, you know, let's, let's talk about Saturn and creative, like the creative, how we, you know, just what you've just said goodbye to your family and, and however, like you said, it may not have been perfect, but it was what it was. And, but look at how, if we have had to make such difficult, those of us who have had, who have to have and are heading into having to make these difficult decisions, um, with the creative process, us, you know, with art and beauty and writing and like what, you know, Mercury and Pisces, you know, we can write, we can dream, we can journal um, to witness this process and, and giving ourselves like a lot of room in, in which to explore this as a way of healing, as a way of healing this, we can lean into the creative process. That's what I'm seeing this beautiful opportunity you know, um, the blues music, when you think about this, this is blues music came from pain and the, you know, the, the, the black experience and, you know, the uh, Mississippi Delta, the, the, and the, you know, the twenties and the teens of, of in America and, and, and the, the singing the blues and, and the, the hardship of life, but out of that hardship, I mean, I'm getting chills saying this came, you know, one of the most important genres in, in American music, which, you know, became worldwide, but blues music, the Rolling Stones, uh, what was, um, Keith Richard actually honored all of these um, black uh, musicians, um, took the time and energy to honor them because he knew um, that without them, this is a few years ago, um, but, but without them, where would they be? You know, they, they like- the, And they are getting the acknowledgement he's getting and, and the pain he feels for getting, seeing that he got that acknowledgement and knowing and they how- didn't much those individuals deserve it and they're not getting it it's like so oh yeah <laughs> but it's like you know the fact that you can the fact that you can um under the worst possible difficulties of hardship and suffering that there can be this kind of divine grace 
um, and, and how that can fuel the creative process. The, the greatest works of art have, have often come from that place of pain and suffering and blues music for one. And I think also like going back in centuries, like Beethoven, he had an abusive father and he used to beat him and he made him, he, he hit him and it made him deaf in one year or something like that. It, it was yeah. from abuse, um, but that didn't stop him. In fact, maybe it was the fuel, I don't know, but you know, look at the music that hundreds of years later, it's still here with us. So it, it it's like a way of that pain and suffering allows us to like break through and create some pretty outrageous experiences, mystical and musical and artistic, and how that can, that suffering can, uh, if it's there to embrace it and feed it and like, what, wow, what comes out? You know, like Dolly Parton says, you can't have rainbows without rain. <laughs> <laughs> I love and Dolly. humans. You know, us humans need, you know, unfortunately, our pattern has been that we need to suffer in order to bring forth the best of ourselves. And maybe we can turn into a time, maybe we can turn into an era where we don't have to punish ourselves and others so much to be our beautiful selves. Maybe we can learn that, you know, the hard part is Saturn does require work. Pluto takes away that which is unnecessary. So there is a thinning. There is something that does have to be, you know, some work has to be done, right? That's what the implication is here with it. But, you know, if you put, if you understand, hey, you know what? Saturn's going to ask me some work. You know, those of us who have strong Saturns in our chart understand like, you know, the beginning part of our life is going to kind of suck in a way. But because of like the work and the pain that we endure through that, that it's like, you know, it's like a savings account that you, you know, you get to a certain point in your life and you're like, oh my God, you know, I have a couple million dollars in the bank, you know, of, of, of emotional, psychological, intuitional, spiritual, physical resources that will help me work into this next phase of my life. And to be honest, I think, especially those of us with Saturn and Pisces, to take that and help others to go like, hey, you know what? It's okay. You know, the way isn't clear sometimes, but you know what? If you put one foot in step of the other, you know, the, the AA training, you know, one day at a time. Right. That's, you know, Making it gets that back. commitment. And also, but bringing us ourselves back into like uh, us humans, some of us are so idealistic and so forward thinking. We have to like sometimes draw ourselves back to like right now, like we were talking about earlier, this, what do I do in this moment now to affect this change that I really want to have happen down the line? Yeah. What must we yeah. do right now? You know, so it's like you have a goal, say like in, in five years, I want to have something. Okay, well, if in order to do that in five years, then in two and a half years, I need to do this thing, you know? you know, in a half a year, I need to do this thing. You know, there are ways in which you happen. You know, if you just sit there, that was the bummer part about that whole idea of the secret. I mean, the secret is not Saturn and Pisces at all, because it's like this thing that is about like, oh, if I affirm and I affirm and I affirm, then I'm going to make it manifest. Well, no, if you haven't done your work and your consciousness isn't in alignment properly, you're going to start doing that. And you're going to keep having these experiences that are frustrating. And you're going to have a weird spiritual angst about yourself because your your idea is warped about how the process works yeah and i found <laughs> i had a personal experience of that and i feel it's yeah like what you're just saying here michael is like this this concept of work and earning like you said earlier about putting money in the bank it was like making that daily bank deposit and plus interest i mean but you have to do the work to get the the payoff and and that of course saturn demands it right you work there are no credit cards in saturn's domain you 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 pay now 
and you earn it. And you pay later. <laughs> you get a return later. If, you, if you're doing it right, you know, right? You know, in French, they say, petit à petit, l'oiseau fait son nid. A little by little, the bird builds its nest. The truth is everything. What's nice about reaching a certain age is you realize that 99% of life is literally butt in seat. If yeah. you are putting the time and energy into it, over time, it's like Groundhog Day. You know, you watch that and like you realize like, oh, she loves French. Well, I'm going to learn French so I can woo her with, you know, it's whatever, whatever we love, whatever we have our passion into, <clears throat> we put that energy into it and then it pays off. You know, if you want to become a musician, you've got to play that, that's that instrument every day you've got to be you know you've got to be doing the thing to make it so that everything in your life is in alignment and flow with that and and the other the other part of it what is that it's not just the effort and the commitment but the other side of it or another piece of it is what do i have to give up saturn is also about sacrifice and so what am i giving up in order to you know get to that goal you know, you say you want to lose 20 pounds, but you're eating ice cream every day. Well, you know, you, you got to give something up in, in, in terms of, you know, so it, there's this effort, but there's also sacrifice. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah. yeah. It might not be that big bowl of ice cream. Maybe you're going to go into the freezer and just say, you know what, today I'm going to start with just having a spoonful or my thing is, because that's the perfect analogy for me. I mean, Aquarians with our sweet tooth is crazy. Um, you know, <laughs> a big bowl of ice cream every night. Now I'm down to a ramekin, you know, and I'm trying to get it like, and I'm probably having that. <laughs> You're trying to eliminate the ramekin. <laughs> oh my. Well, I have a Jupiter Venus trying to, so it's like, it's really hard to not enjoy the sweets that life has to offer, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Venus totally about sweets. But, and by um, the way, Jupiter and Venus in the sky right now, for those of you look out just right after sunset above where the sun sets and wherever you are, you should be seeing except for maybe in the southern hemisphere. I'm sorry, I'm really bad about that part of it. But you should be able to see this beautiful play of Saturn, I mean, of Jupiter and Venus and and, you know, and that that Jupiter being domicile ruler for this ingress, let me bring the chart back real quick. And then we'll do our zodiac signs. If that's okay with you, um, let me bring, oh, oh, wait, hit that back, share screen. We're doing okay timeline. Yeah, yeah. Um, this um, this conjunct, well, it's, you know, Venus separated from Jupiter earlier in the week. Um, and so um, the fact that this is co-present, how would you like to, what would you like to share about that with this being, J Jupiter being domicile ruler, you know, traditional ruler of of this, wonderful little um, scenario. Yeah, well, also too, you know, when we think about it, um, Venus was born out of Zeus's head. <laughs> okay. So Venus oh, right, and Jupiter right. have a very, you know, sacred, you know, and then also too, here we are in the warrior sign, you know, and she's, you know, and there's this aspect of her where she, you know, is a lot more, um, I think a little more- Feisty. Feisty and warrior-esque like and really being able to take charge which is so beautiful that's what I like it but I just think there's just an automatic it, it, it's like having two um um like your two favorite aunts or your you know your two favorite relatives that whenever they get together it's just like a little love fest you know you just you want to be around them whenever Jupiter and Venus get together you just like there's just something very magnetic and and yummy about the energies that are involved and you know it's 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 like it's big blessings it's you know it's our it's our, our values it's you know wonderful time for love affairs oh my gosh and I, ideations about love and 
getting one desire one's desires met i guess would be another with that with it with aries yeah yeah one's desires met yeah and and new i think of it in a cardinal sign too like new beginnings there's this new beginnings of finding one's personal truth that's this you you know the jupiter in the sign of aries you know what is what is my truth what is my my individual truth relative to all of that of that dissolution of reality and societal this is the standard paces you know the societal conditioning and the dissolution of societal conditioning and finding one's way in the fearlessly. context of that and fearlessly too with jupiter and venus it'd be you know it'd be fearless i mean it's one fearless. of those things like where i kind of have that sense of like you can't help but yeah <laughs> you can't help but well why don't we just um finish our talk up if you don't mind on um saturn through the through the houses and what people might expect but before we say that i just want to say real quick um did i mention how that just in a humorous way um because of course being leo got to bring humor saturn for creatives you know in the creative process um just one more loop to that before we move into the zodiac houses the reality check on you know, Saturn bringing that reality check on your dreams and your visions. So it's like, you got visions, you got dreams, you got art and beauty that wants to come out. Great. You know, Saturn's like, I'm there for it. Show me the business plan. Uh, you know, show me the, show me the, the commitment. Um, I, I think of there's this movie, uh, David, uh, it was called the state in Maine. It was a, a David Mamet. Um, it, I don't know if it's a play, but it was made into a movie in 2000 and it's hysterical and it stars uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and um, the, uh, believe it or not, Alec Baldwin. And unfortunately the late great C uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, but David Paymer is a character actor. He was also William H. Macy. And it's this little small town that a, a, a movie comes to the small town in like Vermont or something. And they're trying, the, they're trying to shoot a movie. These people come in from Hollywood into this small New England town and all this chaos erupts when all this, this stuff that goes on. Uh, the, the lead actor, Alec Baldwin, is this Lofario that gets into trouble and blah, blah, blah. But meanwhile, then David Paymer is the studio, the suits, as they call them in Hollywood, the suits. Um, the corporate part of, you know, the studio executive that comes out, flies out from LA to try to undo all this madness and this chaos, or just to, to try to make sense of it and get everybody back in line. But he, um, I remember this, <laughs> and just to me that he is the, the, the um, the very uh, the re the very personification of Saturn and Pisces is like okay you've got some case you've got you you're making art you're making great art but let's get serious about it so it's but he he it, I I can still remember um he, David Mamet is so <clears throat> cutting with his words but it was great satire and had one line he said um, David Ma uh, David Paymer's character um, he said something somebody was trying to mess with him or you know, uh, uh, trying to just be uh, off with him. And he he said, listen, you son of a bitch, I made $11 million last year. That's me. David Paymer, Saturn and Pisces, you know, <clears throat> let's get real here. Um, bring it, you know, bring it into reality. But anyway, so having said that, um, Saturn and Pisces through the zodiac. How? What people? What might people expect if you've got Pisces rising? If we could just kind of sure. Pisces rising. I mean, usually what you say with the rising sign of the first house is, you know, that's your appearance. That's the way you know things are appearing to the world. So you might start feeling a little bit of restriction. You might um, either you might start appearing to be an authority 
and you're ready to be an authority, or you might have some altercations with authority for claiming your own authority. Mm. That'd be one way I'd say it. How about Saturn in the second? Saturn in the second, no, that could be a little bit of tightening on your finances and your resources. It might mean there's a time, um, you know, it might be more about being a little more um, frugal with your means, with your finances. You might want to be a little, you know, putting a little bit more towards savings if you can. Um, and not a time for idealism, not a time for um, make, not a time for gambling with your money, probably. Mm -hmm. Cold, hard reality check with finances. Yep. Third house, the house. Third of house Eden. might be time to um, have a talk with uh, siblings that, you know, some things, maybe some boundaries being set with siblings or a neighbor, uh, making sure that you um, are doing the right things in your neighborhood. Maybe, you know, you are, you're in an HOA and you've let your weeds grow a little bit. You know, you might end up getting a little knock on your door from the HOA saying, um, you know, it's kind of time for you to kind of take care of some things around here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Or if you're in school, you know, because it's also grade school, you know, it could be, you know, it could be a schooling thing. It might be, you know, a really challenging time of getting, you know, getting work done and having to do like a little more effort and working for communicating. Also, you know, if you wanted to start writing a book or doing some sort of a blog post, it'd be, that would be really well supported during this time. Mm. Fourth house, Saturn oh. in the fourth. Yeah. Where I live with that one. The <laughs> Yeah, I live with that one. Um, so, you know, having boundaries with your family, um, making sure that your home is secure for you. Um, what I find, especially with Saturn in, in the fourth house, is this thing of like, for those of us who have Saturn in the fourth house or where it's visiting that is like, are we the ruler of our home? Are we the ruler of our environment? Are we being the gatekeeper to make sure that people who shouldn't be in, you know, not inviting drug dealers over to your home, right? You know, right. Invite, not leaving the door unlocked so the robber can come in and steal, you know, it's these little things like, um, I think it's an ancient Islamic saying, it's like trust in Allah and tie your camel to the tree. It, right, you know? right, right. You know, you got to, you have to do your part. Right. <laughs> and the Saturday fifth house, yeah, the fifth house where, you know, you've been talking about with the creativity, right? I mean, go out there like a, I, I, whenever I see planets in the fifth house, I think of people's creative abilities and their, um, you know, so Saturn there is, um, maybe you want to start learning how to do ceramics. Maybe you want to, you know, something, building something, you know, with a, with a being water, it might be more like, um, you know, watercolors, to be honest, um, you know, creating some sort of thing, uh, maybe setting aside a room in your home to do your creative pursuits. If you actually have a strong fifth house placement, you know, if you're a really creative being, you know, setting, making sure you have the space to do that and create that as well as, um, you know, fifth house is also that sign of, of lovers, you know, our lover, our love affairs. I was going to say, yeah, love, fall in love with an older person who's as mystic visionary Walden Thoreau kind of, you know. Right. And maybe not saying yes to some of the other ones who aren't as, as exciting for you in the moment. Mm. So, uh, Pisces in the sixth, Pisces ruling the sixth house cusp. 
that's our daily work, right? So that, but also our health. So, you know, I, I like to think of this part as like, you know, our, our different diets, you know, making sure that we're, um, we have the right people around us and we're eating the right kinds of food. You know, if, 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 like we were talking about a little bit ago, you know, not eating a bunch of sugars and those sorts of things, you know, eating healthy things that are good for us and that we know fulfill our system. Um, watching TV, if we watch it in ways that is more fulfilling and not as scary, um, you know, whatever it is, these things that we create, these rules, but also it might be volunteering, you know, giving back to the community and creating a different structure. It might be setting up a legacy for um, for helping others. I know for me, that's where mine is and um, Pisces in the sixth. And I know when in the last cycle of Saturn Pisces, I remember going to great lengths. I was working in an art gallery. I was living in Sedona at the time and I worked in an art gallery and um, I had to go, I was taking um, these really advanced classes and spiritual trainings and, and uh, you know, teach with my teacher who was, um, on the East Coast. So I, it was an enormous amount of sacrifice and commitment. And I had a team of people I worked with and I had to get time off every, every month, every other month or so we'd have another master teaching. I have to look at it, cross country time zones, getting time off, getting all these coworkers to switch days so I could get those days off. And I'd sometimes have to work, you know, nine days in a row when I came back just so I could have that opportunity. But I knew it was like we were saying earlier, coins in the bank that I knew that I, I, first of all, I knew I needed to do this. It was like, there was no choice in the matter. It was something that I gave myself to. And also just to knowing that, um, you know, yeah, this was a sacrifice um, of personal comfort, but it, it needed to be done. And of course, the benefit of giving back of this enabling me to to part of my dharma and and also just being able to give it back, you know, in the years to come. But yeah, that was a enormous uh, personal uh, sacrifice and um, effort, um, but yeah, definitely paying off. So that's my my little riff. Seventh house. All right, Pisces. Seventh house. You know, um, you know, sometimes these can be issues with our relationship, right? They can be these issues where um, there could be separation, um, divorce. Um, again, it's this thing of like setting up your boundaries. Forming I think reforming and reforming boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of the most important things we need to learn in life is to say no. And I don't think people respect us until we say no. Those of us maybe who have it's, maybe it's, for, Oh, it's going to say maybe with Saturn and Pisces, it's like a sacred no. I think Saturn, and, I mean, Pisces has, a, Pisces isn't about lines and boundaries and things so it's like it's this very interesting kind of thing to it but it's like you know so then you have to have a dam or you have to have sand that keeps the ocean or you know whatever it is something that holds the water that's what you know that's the only way you kind of like saturn introduces itself into the water realms in a sense but i think you know in relationships sometimes um we end up doing things you know we talk about the unspoken agreements that we have in relationships like i won't bother you about this if you don't bother me about that and everything but i think sometimes when that saturn comes in it's like okay you know what we might need to renegotiate the contract which is getting a little bit more into the eighth house to be honest i would say but it's that thing like if you really if you want to stay committed you know if, if that upset is happening on um what's going to happen with that saturn in the seventh house is that con like 
renegotiation needs to happen so that it actually will support going forward for the next 28 years mm. or whatever period of time it will. Because actually, if you look at it, I mean, you know, we talk about the seven-year itch in relationship, right? What is that? That's the first quarter of Saturn, right? Saturn square opposition. Yeah, most relationships hit, you know, I had a 14-year relationship, Saturn opposition. I mean, it's so funny. Saturn has a huge, huge effect on our relationships. If you start tracking that in your chart, you're going to learn a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Saturn in the eighth, talk about reigning in one's partner's finances or the finances or support of others. And even like- Right, so I mean, that might be, you know, if you're a trust, you know, you're a trust baby, maybe something's going to happen with your trust. You know, there might be, your investments might not be paying off as well. Someone maybe got a hold of one of your accounts, you know, Fraudulently, yeah. Yeah, or, you know, the thing is like, you know, when someone passes away and you're a beneficiary, you know, it could be like someone else coming in and taking, you know, because the eighth house is really, you know, other people's resources that, you know, are a gift to you. But with Saturn there, it means that it's probably not going to come to you as quickly. I would say in that kind of a case, though, is if you can be wise about how you handle it, once Saturn gets out of out of your eighth house, there's a good chance for you getting the payoff on it. But it requires a level of diplomacy and ambassadorship that and maturity very have and maturity because the thing is most of us go into that money is mine and they get into the demand and if you get into that with when saturn's involved you will end up with nothing mm, yeah you know, that's usually a clause in, in trust in the states too is like you know if someone contests it you will lose so it's like finding other ways that you can go about it Scorpio, you know, it's like, how do you need to manipulate things a little bit to get what you want? <laughs> but in a, in a healthy way, you know, one that's really near Saturn, you know, doing the right way with Saturn. So that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Doing the right, yeah, doing the right thing. The ninth house, Saturn in the ninth or, yeah, Saturn transiting in the ninth or, yeah. It can be limiting. Um, um, if you're, I probably wouldn't recommend um, foreign travel. I would probably recommend more like um, going university or going higher education. You know, what is it about your your higher belief structures and ways of looking at the world that maybe need to get um, reevaluated? Could be a really great time for starting a meditational practice. Um, I I also think it could be a a crisis in, you know, shifting one's foundations, like, oh, I thought I was, you know, Seventh-day Adventist, but now I'm, you know, I did ayahuasca, and now I, I have a different worldview. <laughs> I don't know, you know, something with regarding one's spiritual foundation. That could yeah, especially, be yeah, and especially for any of these, like, when we're talking about going through these houses, if you're coming up on a Saturn return for these it's going to be like even more like whatever that is that is really meaningful meaningful for you that you've been kind of working on for a long time. I mean, like as an example, this is now my fourth time I've been invited to speak on this. And it's like un four different astrologers unknown to each of the astrologers. And it's kind of like, you know, astrology teaches us, you know, that there really aren't any, um, there aren't any, um, what do you call it? Um, ah, it's not synchronicities there aren't any accidents you know things happen for a reason so it's like you know it's we're radiating these energies all the time so it's like you know as you come along with these it's like this you're reaching a level and beginning to own and honor the fact of what you've learned as saturn has gone through all the signs now two times mm -hmm. 10th house oh my gosh it's like you know this is a um, great Big. time for really stepping out and doing your work. I mean, it technically rules, Saturn technically rules the 10th house of Capricorn. And so there's this way in which we step out in the world and own what our, what our why we're here for doing our career, why, how we're seen out in the world. So 
It could also be like when I think about it, um, you know, Queen Elizabeth and Harry both, Queen Elizabeth had and Harry has Saturn on Scorp Saturn and Scorpio on the midheaven. Mm. And when I think about that level of rulership, that you know, like, oh my, look at Harry's how much Harry's commanding the attention of the public. Mm -hmm. How long Queen Elizabeth was able to garner that attention and that that sovereignty. It's a very, very powerful, wonderful place for Saturn to be. And it's not um, it's not to be taken lightly. There, there, there's they are significant shoes to fill in that position. Yeah, yeah, there are trials and tribulations as as she endured many times, you know, yes. over the over the decades, and then as he is currently doing trials and tribulations. But um, there's this wisdom and maturity and seasoning that's required, like an initiatory, almost like an initiation. You know, this I always think of Saturn as you know initiation by the spiritual elder. And the, and the garnering of wisdom. So yeah, 10th house. And anytime Saturn's on an angle too, I mean, it's going to be so presented. I mean, that's, you know, that's my maverick work. It's like that Saturn is going to be so, you know, the Saturn on the ascendant, whenever I see that I always, that's in your birth chart. If you have Saturn on your ascendant, chances are you have, there was some kind of a separating event that happened between you and your mom. I mean, there's, I mean, these, these planets literally mark us when they were on the angles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First and 10th are like, the two most powerful angles, at least in traditional astrology, it's, it's yeah, they're huge. And, and that's the 10th is one's reputation and, you know, how we show up in the public, the public reputation. So, okay, uh, 11th house. 11th house, another yeah, rule 11th house is Aquarius, you know, so the organizations, you know, it might be a thing of like taking on the role of being role of being a leader in your um, in your organization. You know, maybe you belong to Kiwanis or Rotary or your local astrology group. And you're like, you know what, I'm really feeling like I'm ready to kind of step up into this place of, of doing something a little different. It could also be a little thing where you might in the organizations where you felt like you really needed to be close to people, you know, it might not be a, as the resonance, you know, kind of like what you were talking about earlier, where it's like this, this switch from it being what you think it would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So service might show up. There could be a dissolution in how we serve and uh, who we serve with or what tribe or community that we um, align ourselves with. Exactly. Wolf house. 12th house. Ooh, sad. This is in, in traditional astrology. This I is mean, the, the joy of Saturn, like a, the hermit, the recluse. Right. And also, you know, we've got another redundancy of Saturn and Pisces in a sense, right? You know, because that's, you know, that's the natural house for it. So um, I find that the 12th house is this interesting placement where we have a hard time accepting our own, whatever that planet is, and we project it on others. So Saturn in the um in the 12th house is projecting on one's authority onto other people right but having other people are ones who are in charge other people i'm going to take it easy i'm going to let other people do that kind of thing and and the truth is is what you realize that in order for it to really be structured in the right way that works for you is you actually have to do it and again another aspect of you know doing the spiritual work um you know dream journal time might be really great um See the things that are like more nuanced again, you know, paying attention. Maybe there are certain animals that are showing up in your atmosphere a little bit more. There are different different ways in which that 12th house speaks to us that mm -hmm. is not, you know, like kind of what we've been speaking to all this time. You know, it's not as clean cut and clear, but you understand what it is. 
I also think about wise, you know, wise elders from other dimensions that enter our consciousness and and guide us from unseen realms. You know, if you take it into a very spiritual perspective, um, in that reclusive hermit, in in a, in a place where we might feel a suffer a place of suffering or loneliness, that we can garner these uh, connections and relationships that, you know, because of the deprivation on the material realm, there is this opening or an opportunity for that on the higher plane of like ancestral elders. That's just what comes to me. Yeah. And I mean, again, I mean, I would listen to this whole thing that we've been talking about all day today, you know, <laughs> for that <laughs> position as well, because it's like, it's, it's a very rich, very rich, rich place. Yeah. You know, and I also think too that when you talk about you know things, Saturn like the 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 chickens coming home to roost, and and so maybe the things that happened in previous, if depending on how old we are, that happened in previous Saturn cycles coming around the cipher completing. So if I think you know you think about like the previous Saturn cycle where, for example, the Vatican with the clerical abuse, the sexual abuse of children, that there may be some another. Uh, there's a completion there or a, a, some kind of, um, you know, the suffering is can is an opportunity to be complete and to be um, dissolved. And, you know, there's a forgiveness of, of self and others. And, you know, like that, that could also uh, be occurring, you know, depending on um, how old we are, if we were around when that happened or what, you know. Yeah. Beautiful. Anyway. Yeah. Well, Ooh. that's, Awesome. Thank you so much for your time here. We we certainly covered a lot of ground. Ah, oh my God, but it was it's a huge topic. I mean, it's you know, when we start getting into the outer planets and when we get into those last three signs, I mean, there is an amazing, amazing amount of material to unpack. Mm, that's true. Well, I appreciate you helping us unpack. We had our shovels in today. This was not a YouTube short by any means. But, no. Yeah, but, <laughs> Thank you all for staying on this long. Please hit the like button. Please subscribe oh, to Liliana. She's awesome. Oh, my God. Oh. I love listening to all the stuff that you put out there and the work that you're doing. And oh, just beautiful. Oh. Thank you for the beautiful gift you are for oh. the planet. Well, thank you so much. Well, I can say the same for you, my dear. And and um. I love everything that you bring to the table and your wisdom and your compassion. And um, it's certainly, um, I'm, I'm excited to see what will occur for you in this second. Having been through my second, I have to say it was a lot easier than the first because you do the work. If you're 27 and 29 and you take on what's ahead of you in these next three years, I'm telling you, let this elder speak to you. You will find <laughs> it will be so much better for you you know, I can't speak to every single individual how, where your Saturn is and, and the condition of your Saturn and, and all that. But generally speaking, you do the work at 27 to 29, you will reap the benefits. You will be, it, it's an it's a slow interest building account, but you will see it will come around again. If you don't do the work at 27 to 29, it can be, I, from what I've seen with clients and people in my life who I've known um, who did not do the work, or at least in my view of things, uh, yeah, not pretty. So um, cautionary tale, yeah, do the work. Compound interest, it's a savings account or compound interest that is a loan. It's your choice. <laughs> oh, wow, very well said. Compound right? interest. <laughs> It's either savings or loans. So yeah, it's your, and, that's yeah, and it's like that thing of like, you know, whatever, like if you don't, like if you know that you should be saying no, 
and you say yes, it's your own damn fault. And you and the exact amount for which you thought you were going to get away with not having to deal with, you will have to deal with more because you didn't do the right thing. I mean, that's what Saturn teaches us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, waiting on the repair on your car, right? You know, if, you know, if you if you do it today, it's going to cost you a hundred dollars. If you wait six months or a year, it might be a couple thousand dollars. It's but it's your choice, you know? <laughs> and, and, yeah, and also Saturn rules teeth. So if you're going to wait on your teeth, right. yeah, that's, not, that's going to cost you. You're going to have a lot of root canals. And you may not have teeth by the time you're second Saturn. Yeah, so anyway, it's just a little <laughs> reality check there. But uh, just from one who's been through it. <laughs> All right, my dear. Well, big, big, big love. Oh, who is that? Is that Lily? Big, big love. Yeah, it was Lily. <laughs> It's so, it's so Saturn and Pisces because she keeps reappearing and disappearing. I'm I'm here, but I'm not. I'm yeah, you can tell there's no facial recognition for dogs. Right. <laughs> not yet. Not yet, exactly. Bless you, Eliana. Right. Thank you so much. Yes, you're welcome. And uh, big blessings. And and uh, anybody who needs to contact, uh, I'll have Michael's links below for this book and website. And um, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. And um, we'll see you soon. This is Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Speaks, and Michael Bartlett of Core Michael, Metaphysical Astrology for Modern Minds. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you.